just a 10-minute light rail ride from the heart of Denver on the fifth floor of the Lamont School of Music, there is a rose. It is 10 feet tall and wide and hewn from stone. The panes of glass set into the petals bring the glorious Rocky Mountains into view. On the other side of the glass, Lamont musicians sit down to discuss the world of music behind and beyond that window. This is the Rose Room. everyone and welcome back to the Rose Room. Today I am here with our student spotlight, Kim Nagy, who is just the coolest cat or the bee's knees, dare I say. Um, she's very cool. Um, how are you today, Kim? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So Kim is a very well-rounded musician with backgrounds in many different fields. Um, so where and when in your life was music first introduced to you? I would say I was born into a musical family. Um, None of my other immediate family members are musicians like by trade, but they're all musicians um, in their own way. And so my parents always tell a story of me being, um, I guess I was probably about a year and a half and I was doing swimming lessons. And um, my mom always used to take me, but my parents were college professors. My dad had a summer off and so he was taking me and when he would drive me, he'd sing like every kid's song ever, like everything from happy birthday to like the sun will come out tomorrow and um, just sing like all the way there and all the way back. And then I guess my mom went back to taking me to swimming lessons and out of the back seat, the first time she was driving me, I just started singing happy birthday in, in baby language. And <laughs> they, you know, I've heard that story, you know, probably a hundred times at this point, but I, I think that it's really um, kind of shows that music has been in me at my core since I was teeny. Mm -hmm. um, and my parents were both really involved in church music. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was kind of born into that as well. I, I sang my first solo in church with my dad when I was like three, I guess. <laughs> like, um, Jesus loves me. So I had a lot of... I had a lot of encouragement from them to do musical things. And I had a grandfather as well who, um, they lived in Florida most of my life when I was a kid and we'd visit about once a year. Mm. And every time I would come to visit, he'd pull me into his little home studio and he'd hand me some, you know, Christian song to sing, um, like a hymn or kind of what was contemporary Christian music at the time and um, record me on his cassette track recorder um, from the time that I was a toddler all the way up to my senior year of high school. So somewhere in the universe exists this cassette tape that has <laughs> me singing songs from toddler up to, you know, age 17 or whatever. So it's, it's always been there. Yeah. So even in high school, I, did you have any opportunities in high school where you got to um, express your musicality? I did. Yeah. So um, I was... Uh, I know I've mentioned church music. I was in choir and sang solos, um, and I started leading worship band stuff um, in middle school and continued that on, well, through now. <laughs> and then I was in choir and band and orchestra in mm -hmm. middle school and um, 
I was even in marching band in high school. I played <gasps> mellophone. That's awesome. <laughs> it, it was fun. It was challenging. Um, and I, I ended up having to quit uh, after my, I guess, um, midway through my sophomore year, we moved to the Detroit area from mm -hmm. um, like rural Indiana. And I got really involved in theater. And so there just wasn't time to do both theater and marching band. And actually theater started too when I was in middle school. My family used to do like summer community musicals together, mm. um, which, you know, I look back on that and I'm like, gosh, that's so like, we spent such great quality time doing those things. And so I was involved in musical theater actually all the way up until just recently I started you know, in choruses and then did some roles. And then my second year of college, I started music directing. And mm. the last show I music directed before I came to grad school was Into the Woods. And that I think was like my 30, 32nd show or something like that. Wow. That I music directed yeah. um, uh, at the community and educational level. Yeah. So you you have music directing experience along with conducting experience and that started in college. It did. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So my, my, I guess it was my second year of college, my old high school invited me to come music direct for your good man, Charlie Brown, which is a little, um, it's a show of like vignettes yeah. music. <laughs> and that was really cool. Cause my brother was actually in that show. So he mm -hmm. played Charlie Brown. And so we got to do a show together and then, you know, I was terrified to to do that. I had never done anything like that before. I was, you know, 20 years old. Um, but I just jumped in and I just, you know, I worked really hard and that referral led to another referral, led to another referral. And, you know, it just kind of went from there. And from doing, I, I worked with a, a children's theater that was ages six to 18. And I say children's theater, but they put on these productions that were incredible. Like we, we did Peter Pan with like flying and like, oh, wow. like it was a really, um, it was a really impressive um, theater group. And, but working with them, I was asked to conduct uh, the Canton Community Chorus and Children's Chorus. And so I think that was my third year or fourth year of college. So I, that was my first Kind of choral directing experience right um and then i ended up working too with a, a high school for um for a while as uh, an assistant choral director um mm -hmm. and right now i'm we've been on a break because of covid things but i'm directing the choir at uh, faith church in aurora mm -hmm. as part of my music director responsibilities so your undergrad was in music it was. <laughs> um, I was one of those people who I had some mental health things going on, like through middle school and high school. And I, you know, was dealing with depression and anxiety. And I really didn't know like who I was, let alone what I wanted to do. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, I had always been kind of given a lot of attention and encouragement in the area of music. But I sort of was dealing with perfectionism things and I was dealing with um, kind of like a, I, I had humility like so backwards, like I felt like more like I needed to sort of hide my talent in some way. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think what I wanted to do was perform, but I didn't feel 
confident in that. And I, and I had gotten um, a lot of information from people over the years that uh, having been like always a, a thick human, you know, I, I had been discouraged from trying to pursue a performance career. And so when I was applying for college, I applied to three different colleges for three different things. And the, the one that accepted me and gave me the most incentive, I had applied for music education. Mm -hmm. And that was a really good choice for me. It, it ended up being a perfect route and I learned a lot um, from my time in school. But I, I think that I was really focused on figuring out who I was and what I wanted and was getting all of these professional um, like working opportunities. And, and so I actually, by my third year of college, was working full time in music. Mm -hmm. um, and so school kind of took uh, a bit of a backseat at that point. Um, and I ended up graduating with a Bachelor of Science with a minor, uh, Bachelor of Science in Music with a minor in Sociology. Mm. That's <laughs> Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's great. I think a lot of musicians are so panicked about finding jobs. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that you were like already gigging it senior year, that's pretty awesome, I think. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, the first time that I, I heard you sing, um, it was like an indie cover. Mm -hmm. uh, my heart just about exploded because I, I just related to being in for me i was in a classical program and was doing like singer songwriter things and just not sure like what side of the fence to be on like feeling like i kind of needed to pick one mm -hmm. but really loving both and um that was one of the first moments that i was like ah lauren <laughs> <laughs> i feel you yeah yeah that was uh nerve-wracking i didn't know how any, how they were it gonna take wonderful. it yeah, um, it was wonderful so that's so that's great that you you jumped into um, you know teaching experience and not only you know teaching children but you've you've taught high schoolers you've taught you know non students like when you are at the Faith Presbyterian Church you're teaching people who are over the age of fifty honestly mm -hmm. um, music and I think that's pretty impressive do you want to kind of share your thoughts on that oh well thanks yeah I. I, I really love teaching and I think that one of the things that I love the most is just figuring out who I'm working with and how best to reach them. And it's like, it's like a fun puzzle. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I've heard people say, and I don't know where the quote came from and I'll probably misquote it, but that one of the most important skills as a teacher is differentiation. Mm. And so I think I also taught at a Montessori school um, for a few years. I taught music for infants all the way up to sixth grade. Mm. And so putting together lesson plans for that age, working with six-year-olds all the way up to 18-year-olds and, and then working with high schoolers and, of course, working with adults. In fact, the first time I worked with adults was when I was 20 and, and leading the um, the Canton Community Chorus, and I was, again, I was terrified. I was like, these people are going to see right through me, like they're going to, they're, they're like three times my age, and and they were so cool, they were so patient, and they, I think that what they respected the most is that I could say, here's what I want to do, and here's how I'd like to do it. Okay, that didn't work, or 
okay, I made a mistake here. Let me own that. Mm-hmm. And then let's go, let's go try it this different way. Um, yeah. So I think that teaching music is really just knowing, knowing your stuff, first of all, but also knowing the people that you're working with mm-hmm. um, and taking time to listen and taking time to um, notice what works and what doesn't. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, so not only are you a musician and a teacher and a music director and a conductor, um, <laughs> but you're also a mother. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people have asked you this. Um, and I'm going to ask you again, <laughs> um, how has being a mother impacted being a musician? And also how has being a musician impacted being a mother? Okay. So my senior year of high school, I started writing music. And so my performance career that kind of happened alongside of like the teaching and directing stuff was um, musical theater, um, singer songwriter. And I was doing kind of like social and corporate events, um, like entertaining. Um, And right around, you know, you know, that takes a while to build. You mm-hmm. kind of, you, you start with small houses and you start to work your way up. And right around 2011, I had hit this point where I was like, okay, I was getting asked to open for um, sort of like national acts and um, was traveling to do, you know, the, the big corporate events and things like that. And um, I was in a relationship and that relationship led to me being pregnant with my son. And at that time, I just, I knew that that's what I wanted Mm -hmm. and I knew he was my baby Mm -hmm. and I knew that I wanted my life to um, be focused around um, being the best mother that I could be for him. We would like to treat you to a clip from Kim's YouTube channel where she sings and plays piano in quarantine with her wonderful kids running around the background. Here's her home recorded version of Maybe This Time. Maybe this time I'll be lucky Maybe this time he'll stay Maybe this time, for the first time, love won't hurt me away. He will hold me fast. I'll be home at last. Not a anymore like the last time and the time before everybody loves a winner so nobody loved me lady peaceful Oh, the 
And so a piece that I left out earlier when we were talking about school, I didn't actually finish the last few courses of my degree until mm. after my son was born. Um, so having him was sort of that impetus, like that push to like, okay, I want to have this done and I want to have this in place. And I also was recording an album at the time. It was my first kind of full length album of all songs that I had written um, and was producing. And so I actually finished that um, the year after he was born as well. And, and then I, my focus really shifted toward um, building my, my teaching career up more and taking opportunities that allowed me to be with him as much as I could. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, two years after him, my daughter came along. The, the challenge, I think the biggest challenge is that the hours that it takes to be a musician are the same hours that you're trying to sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and when kids are really little, like that's, it's so super important to, to be able to have that. Um, but while, while I kind of set aside some of my performing stuff when I had the kids, I always knew that I was going to come back to it mm -hmm. and I didn't stop either. It just, I, I just got more choosy about gigs and more choosy about, um, things that I would perform. And, um, honestly, you know, I, I think that's kind of how having kids maybe impacts being a musician and the other way around. I think maybe I've hit both. The other thing is having like a community of people. And I was really lucky in Detroit that I had my parents around, um, my kids, they had their dad there and then they had a, a half brother and half sister that were there as well. So we had sort of like this big unit of family. And then when I came out here for grad school, <laughs> I came out here kind of alone, you know, mm -hmm. like we, we had some friends in the area and stuff, but really quickly um, started to just build a community out here too. you know, people that I could call to babysit. Um, we, I have a, a friend who has a kid who's a similar age as my daughter and, and sometimes, you know, we'll trade childcare or even just to have like other parents to hang out with. And so having that community is really huge and I mm -hmm. think really important and, you know, not to, to quote the cliche, but it really is true that it takes a village, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely have felt that, um, mm -hmm. through the time that I've been a parent. Do you intend to encourage your kids to find music in some way? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Yes. I think I've always had this mentality that I don't really want to force it on them or force anything on them in terms of their interests and stuff. I, I did, um, the kids take piano, actually. Um, a, a good friend of mine from DU um, teaches piano to the kids because me teaching my kids piano was just not <laughs> not the right situation, which yeah. it, it totally makes sense. You know, you're like, you're always going to react differently to your parent correcting you than someone else. And Right. But they both, they both have found music in their own ways. Um, Finn just really has this, like, sense of beat that just is with him everywhere he goes and he, mm -hmm. he like you know like beatboxes and just like spits all the time <laughs> it's just so cool which is so not me like I not that's not my gift yeah 
Um, and Grace is like the, just this beautiful, incredible dancer and mm -hmm. um, loves to sing. And uh, so I hope that if music is something that brings them joy and if it's something that um, allows them creative expression the way that it did for me, like the, the catharsis of creating, um, then yeah, I definitely hope that they have it. Mm -hmm. So you were saying earlier that you decided to leave Michigan and come to DU to get your master's degree. Yes. Um, so why did you decide to, you know, no one has to get a master's degree, but mm -hmm. you decided to get one. So why did you decide to get a master's degree? So um, I started teaching piano and voice um, when I was, I guess, like 19. And um, I had gotten to the point where, um, so I, I actually ran a business also for five years before I moved here. I, like I said, when we were talking about starting this interview, like I, <laughs> I sat back through everything and been like, whoa, settle down. Um, <laughs> but I, I ran a studio. Um, it ended up turning into a nonprofit music co-op, but um, with different teachers that, that taught different instruments. And um, I really loved working with those people. They were incredible people. Um, and I had been doing sort of, I tried everything in sort of the arena that I could at the level that I was at. And, and I really felt like I want to teach at the college level. I, I'm ready for that challenge. I'm ready to learn how to communicate on that level and, and to have kind of the academic um, foundation to feel like I can have a part in that conversation. And what's interesting is, you know, I said earlier that I, I never really felt like I was done performing. Like I always felt like I was gonna come back to that. That mm -hmm. wasn't really on my mind when I started applying to grad school. And then I just, it, it was funny, I started singing classical music again in preparation and was like, oh, I really love this. And I really like the sound that's coming out of me. And I wonder if this could be anything. And so in the process of um, getting my master's, I've realized that um, definitely performing um, in the opera world is something that is um, exciting to me. Yeah. And something that I would really like to, to give my best shot. Here is Kim performing a Stand in Dunkeln Räumen by Clara Schumann with Sahar Nouri on piano.
so it, it, it was, I, I want to go to that collegiate level to teach, but I found something else magical along the way. Um, and in terms of coming to DU, um, I, I applied to several schools, but when I walked into DU, I just felt like I was home. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I, I, I was kind of like had that sort of breathtaking feeling when I was walking through the facilities and I had an audition and I just really connected with the faculty. Um, and when they offered me the, the GTA position, um, I kind of said after I left, I was like, oh, that was so beautiful and so wonderful. But like for me to get up and like move across the country that, you know, there would have to be, I would have to get offered a, a, an assistantship. And when yeah. I did, I was like, okay, well, I guess, I guess <laughs> there's this sign, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that I was also ready for another adventure and I was mm-hmm. ready for an opportunity to, I've always wanted to travel. I've always wanted to go other places. And every time I've come to Denver, you know, I mean, you never get sick of the mountains, right? Like, Mm-mm. How could you, how could you ever get sick of that? Every time I drive over like a little hill and there they are, I'm like, oh. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. Well, I think that's all that we have time for, but thank you so much for being interviewed today um, and taking you. the time. Uh, it's been really wonderful getting to know you very well. I mean, I, I already do know you well, but it, there are some things that I didn't know that I learned today, which is super awesome. Surprise. Yeah. Well, thank you. I was really honored to be asked and, and I really love what you guys are doing and I, and I hope that you continue. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for our student spotlight of Kim Nagy. If you would like to hear more of her music, please check out her YouTube channel listed in the description of this episode. Our next episode will be on March 15th. If you have any questions, suggestions, or would like to be featured on a future podcast, please contact us at lamontroseroom at gmail.com. Thanks. Thanks.